Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Making his way onto the show to share his wisdom, gifts, and love with us today is someone who, from the first moment we met, I knew was a soul brother who had shared many lifetimes with me prior to this one. He is a lover of all things self-development and is a world-class jewelry artist, designer, and creator, having founded William Arthur Jewelry in 2015, where he creates absolutely stunning works of art designed to inspire people to live full out in life and use that inspiration to spread love to the world around them. So, without further ado, please help me in welcoming my man, Bill Robertson, to the show. Bill, what's up, dude? What is up, my brother? Thank you so much for the lovely introduction. Oh, I yeah. feel all of that, and that is definitely what I'm all about, just uh, sharing my positivity and love and the things I've learned on my path through my art. At least that's what I'm working towards. So, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, dude. And uh, this has been a long time coming, man. We've been talking about this for a little while now. You know, from the first moment I met you, man, we, you know, I, like the intro said, I was so excited to get you know you more. Uh, for everyone listening, Bill had a floozy shirt on, and you know how it is with music. You see someone wearing a shirt. A <laughs> you, had like, floozy, you had the floozy shirt yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had the floozy <laughs> shirt on. And you know how this is, right? Like, I put it out there as a flag in a way, right? Because if someone's going to see me and call yeah. me out on the floozy shirt and be like, yo, you wearing the floozy shirt? I want to know you. And so Bill did that, and I was uh-huh. like, listen, dude, I want to know you. And so, uh, yeah, man, this is, it's it, funny. It feels like a lifetime ago. But it was only, what, six, seven months ago, November, when we met at uh, Zen in the Garden with Paul Check. Yeah, 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 it was mid-November, and it does feel like a lifetime ago. A lot has changed <laughs> since then uh, for the both of us, I think. Yeah. And we had another amazing Paul Check event uh, in March not too long ago as well, which is also very mind-blowing. Yeah, the relationships I've made surrounding Paul Check and his circle are literally some of the deepest connections in my life, including you, my buddy Eddie, who you've met. I mean, really all the Ice and Iron crew, you know, Paul himself, uh, Shervin, you know, there's just so yeah. many cool cats in that circle. And uh, every time I go to one of his events, it's just so mind blowing. And I leave with my heart like just full and wide open. And I have so yeah. much inspiration and motivation to go out into the world and do what I do. And it's funny because I think of his place as a recharging station. You know, it's like you mm. go there when you need to get recharged, you know, like <laughs> and uh, and the Mandala workshop, the one you were just talking about, man, that was my favorite one to date. Uh, it was just so impactful for me and there was so yeah. much I gained from it. It was just, it was such an incredible experience, man. And your painting came out so amazing too. I, uh, I envy you. your reading, <laughs> 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 you know, I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I realized quite a bit from that workshop and wow. To like the way Paul showed up for everyone, it was just an absolute inspiration as far as like how he can share his gifts for that long and dedicate that much focus to us individually. And that's what was so special about that. It was like, if you shared as authentically as you could, you got more than you would ever want out of that experience. And then plus his doing his art therapy on each individual person, there was just like 
so many things like all of us could relate to with each person's share that like it was just yeah it was incredible to see so much growth and like love shared and expression and raw emotion and to share that all with family and like that's like the main thing for me when i show up there just like it's just like an instant feeling of family and like you instantly feel like you belong and you're just like as soon as you start talking to someone like the next thing you're just like having like super deep conversations about life and whatever else and all sorts of weird shit and yeah i i am like so blessed to have met you and so many other people through the polycheck events back in november when i first did that rock stacking one i was like really on the fence about going but like that year i was kind of having a rough year and just feeling like i wasn't getting out of my house enough I was just spending too much time working and like not actually adventuring and experiencing things. And I'm like, you know what, if I make a sale in the next couple of days, I'll, I'll scoop a ticket for the, the one day workshop. And like literally that day I made a $500 sale which <laughs> was the cost of the workshop. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, obviously I have to go now. So like, I just bought it and yeah, like that's such a great decision. Uh, I've gained so much just from being at those events and like connecting with that community and like so much inspiration and, growth since then and a lot of brothers have been gained and i've i've had some adventures with you yeah. just because i decided to like take that leap and like it was definitely something out of my comfort zone because i've like never been to like a wellness workshop before and i've been following paul for a while but like i wasn't like you know seeking to like go out and take his workshops but like you know it caught my interest so yeah definitely very grateful to have like just stepped out of my comfort zone to do that and totally worth it. And that's exactly where you feel alive. Like just stepping outside your boundaries a little bit. And as an artist, it can like be so easy to like just spend too much time in the studio and focusing on putting so much effort into your work and then like feeling a bit trapped in that cycle of like productivity versus like getting out and experiencing things, stepping outside your comfort zone in that way. Mm. So yeah, just very blessed to have a, taken that step to get out there and then uh experience all the other things that have come from that yeah yeah and i'm glad you brought up that separation in time between productivity and play right and i'm yeah. curious you know because i know a lot of people listen to this are go-getters they're entrepreneurs and they have yet to establish boundaries right around their work right i've been in this boat for the last year specifically yeah with highly optimized you know, just working myself to the bone and having that voice that comes in and goes, you could do that today too. And you could add it on and think about how good you'll feel at the end. Right. And just like an yeah. addiction, right. If you fall into that, then you're robbing energy from the next day. Right. And if you keep doing that, the cups of coffee go up, you know, the other protectors and the other energy stimulants go up. And, uh, yeah. that's something I've struggled with a lot in my life and, uh, not struggled, benefited from because it's taught me a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm curious, you know, like, what is your method for, for balancing that? You know, I mean, I imagine, like you were saying, you were going through a lot of that. And now it seems as mm -hmm. though when I hang out with you, that you have a really good balance around that. And so I'm curious, you know, what are some of your tips, first of all, like maybe some tips for people like to know and like, hey, if you're feeling like this, it might be time to look at how much you're working. And then what are some strategies you've done to be able to handle that? Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, and especially an independent artist that requires a lot of work and effort. And you're going to have to make sacrifices within your personal life. You're going to have to say no to friends sometimes and hanging out with them and say no to certain trips, certain things, spend a lot of time building the thing you want to build, but there's got to be a boundary you create. And 
what's helped me really is just actually checking in with myself in the moment. Like if a friend is hitting me up and I've been working for like three days straight, it's like, what is actually going to benefit me most right now? I think it's really important that we make sure we cover our bases as far as like what fills our heart up, cover our bases as far as what fills our heart up. Because if we're just constantly driving, like you said, we're going to, we're going to dry ourselves out and we're going to become bitter and miserable. Mm. And, and that just leads to disharmony and disease and mental illness and addictions, which is something I have struggled with and I continue to struggle with. But, you know, with some of the tools I've learned from you and just building awareness around what I actually need in the moment or that day, like being okay with just, you know, taking a break and, you know, the work's going to be there tomorrow and life is really short. So there's got to be a balance between like having fun outside of your work and then like building the thing you want to do and being within your purpose and your mission. And if that falls out of line, yeah, like I said, it just, you can, you can really find yourself in a dark place and I find myself there. And then, yeah, just a plethora of coping mechanisms seep their way into your life and you just start to feel shittier and shittier. And for me personally, like, I just like, I would just isolate myself so much like, Oh, like I just want to keep working and getting this done and this done and keep building and building. But it all comes back to balance, checking in with yourself and just making sure you're not wasting away, not wasting away, but just spending too much time driving forward, putting work into your business or your mission or your purpose or your art or whatever it may be. And making sure you're actually having fun and covering those bases, making sure you're actually happy and healthy and not just creating the illusion of that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you just, you don't want to, you don't want to end up, seven 60 50 years down the road and <laughs> regret being like oh damn like i spent way too much time doing that and not enough time shooting the shit with my friends going on this adventure that adventure doing this fun thing with them so yeah I've, and i found when i do take the time to do those things i have such better energy going into my work and i can actually like push the message I want to push. Cause if I'm out of, if I'm out of line with my heart, I'm not doing the things to uh, fulfill myself in that way. Then I can't effectively share the message that is unique to me with the world. Yeah. I love that, man. And you know, it's so funny. You mentioned that because one of the things I found out in my life is that working, especially when it's considered working, right? Like there are times where even our passions can become like work. And I like to uh, separate work from love, right? So when I'm working, quote unquote, on myself, I'm now loving on myself, right? If it becomes work, then I know I'm doing too much of it. So I kind of separate it that way. You know, when it when it feels like love, that means it's filling me up. When it feels like work, that means I'm probably out of balance on one of my other, you know, doctors, right? As Paul Check says, Dr. Happy, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Diet, Dr. Movement. I'm most likely out of alignment in one of those areas. And one of the things I've found from following the social structure that we live in, right? Of like, hey, money creates happiness, right? Our parents, you know, we're in a different situation, right? Where money really did separate uh, having a roof over their head, food, et cetera. They had a lot more uh, security needs in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And uh, one of the things I've found, though, is that the materialistic culture that we live in, especially today, I mean, it's fucking rampant today. For me, it got me into some trouble. 
because money can rent happiness. It can rent the shit out of it, but it doesn't buy it, right? Mm. And what allowed me to get back into actually enjoying life was play, right? Was infusing play into my life again. And I feel as though this is an idea that us, you know, many, many people understand what play is, but a lot of people were like, I don't get it, right? And if you had asked me honestly, three years ago, like, hey, play more. I'd be like, what do you mean, a sandbox? Like, I wouldn't have really understood it, right? <laughs> and uh, and so I'm curious, you know, for those listening, like, what are some of the tactics you use to infuse play into your life? What are your, some of your favorite activities you do to play? And especially if you have any that you rope into your work, right? Like, some things that maybe you mm-hmm. can combine play with the love you put in the jewelry making. I'd love to hear that yeah. kind of stuff too, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's tons of things, uh, especially <laughs> recently been, been really tapping into that. If I'm at the studio, I love playing comedy or, you know, a funny podcast or anything like that. And that's going to like keep me laughing and keep the mood light. Mm-hmm. Um, also just having other people in the studio with me. And recently I acquired a new studio space that has a bunch more, uh, bunch more room for me to expand. And, you know, I'm going to be bringing some of my closest friends in there and my jewelry family. And like, we just have like such a great vibe. Like we all have a similar sense of humor, um, a similar level of intelligence and like just similar way of being and thinking. So like just having them around, like, it's just like, there's just a constant uh, feel of play in the room. Like we're always just shooting the shit, you know, picking on each other, whatever. So when I'm in the workspace, like the main thing for me is having other people around, I would say. Oh, and another thing. Um, I love just like, I haven't been doing this as much lately, but when I'm feeling it, I'll like just share something funny on my Instagram story or be silly, whatever, just like basically share myself, be myself over my story. And like, you know, I'll get people hitting me up, like just like saying thanks or like whatever, just like laughing. I'm just like, hell yeah. Like, you know, spread the love in that way. And that's like another form of play for me. And then, uh, another thing would be just like going out and having like a short little experience, like, a a lunch with a friend or, you know, share a meal or whatever. Uh, I got the climbing gym right by my studio. I love climbing. So I'll get out and get active. And I have friends I do that with. Disc golfing is really huge into, again, uh, I've played disc golf since high school. It's just like, just recently for some reason, I'm just like super about it. Like the past six days uh, previously, I've been disc golfing consecutively and it's just like, I'm really loving that. It's just like a great way to be in nature and then just like to hang with friends and shoot the shit again. Yeah, just to keep things light, uh, have like a sense of levity within the workspace and uh, always, always laugh. Like laughter is medicine and good music is another way to keep it playful. If I see someone in the, hall, in the hallway interacting with them, just like connecting with others, I find like a great sense of joy in that, even if it's like something super simple, like feel like these days a lot of people are like literally like avoiding connection Mm -hmm. with strangers like people will literally walk past each other and like not even look at each other and you know that's like really disheartening for me so I've been trying to like be more adamant about like engaging strangers and just like whatever that may lead to and like usually like we both walk away with a smile so yeah play is definitely important just for like yeah that's that's one of my most important bases for like keeping myself actually healthy on a daily basis is playing like having fun with my friends uh laughing to a comedy podcast and 
just joking around. Like there's no reason to be like super serious about anything. Yeah. Play is definitely extremely important. I know you're on the same page with that. Yeah, dude. Being yeah. around you, you, you crack <laughs> me up and you crack everyone up. It just flows out of you, bro. <laughs> dude, guilty as charged, you know, as a wise man once said. And, uh, you know, a couple things I wrote down was like, yeah, if you could, if I could go back and talk to myself from three years ago, I would literally just tell myself to stop taking me so seriously, right? Stop taking life so seriously. Yeah. Like not to be morbid, but honestly, you know, it's, it's needed sometimes. Like no one gets out alive. Like I feel like if we remind ourselves of that, life becomes a lot simpler because you honestly ask yourself, is this going to be the thing? Like, you know, when you're working too much, is this going to be the thing that I'm thankful I did on my deathbed? Right. If it's not, it's a, mm. probably a good cue that you should do something else, but also a good cue that yeah. you might not be playing as much, right? And, you know, that's yeah. why I'm so big on helping people find what their mission is and the inspiration, you know, because and and having people on that have found that, right, and can share it because the power source that comes from us finding our inspiration and diving into that fully is something that for me personally, I have not found anywhere else. And you know, you mentioned laughter mm. being the best medicine, you know, happy people yes, laugh, depressed people, they can laugh. But at the same time, think about laughing with your heart closed. It just a real laugh. Like I'm not talking like, a, oh, that's funny. Like I'm talking like a real laugh. Like when someone hits you with a joke and you just double over laughing, you can't fake that, you know, and that doesn't come from a closed heart. It comes from an open heart. And what is the best right. medicine? Love. Right. So that's why, you know, I love that. You know, laughter really is the best medicine. And you know, you mentioned uh, going to like climb, you know, and do things like that with the time you have in, in the middle of your day. And this is something that I fell into. And I imagine some listeners might be having this challenge too, where I'm like, oh, well, it's only this long. You know, I only have this long. I only have 10 minutes. What could I do in 10 minutes? A little time is still time. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you practice 10 minutes a day, that's, that's, I mean, 70 minutes a week, right? Times that by a year. I don't have a calculator on hand, so I'm not going to do it, but someone else can do it, you know? <laughs> it's a lot of time, right? And you talk about 10,000 hours being the amount of time it takes to master something. That's like getting 50 just by 10, I think it's around 50 to 100 hours just by doing 10 minutes a day, every day, right? So mm -hmm. you get that per year, you know? And uh, right. that's huge, you know? And that's only if you have 10 minutes. That's something that, uh, you know, I always remind myself because for me with guitar for a long time, I was like that. Oh, I only have five or 10 minutes. What could I possibly get done in five or 10 minutes? Well, you can play <laughs> and enjoy yourself for 10 minutes, you know? So right, that was exactly. really interesting. Yeah. You know, one of the things we've, we've kind of like skated upon right now is your epic fucking jewelry making, man. Like it's, it's <laughs> amazing. And for everyone listening, like seriously, go to Bill's Instagram. He'll be humble till the end of his uh, days about his jewelry making, but it is literally ridiculous. Uh, go check it out. And one of the funniest things, man, was that like you told me you made jewelry. You, you didn't make a big deal, but you're like, yeah, I made jewelry, you know, cool. And, uh, <laughs> and then I saw something you made. I'm like, what? Like, holy shit. That's amazing. I think it was that amethyst one. You know, the one that like, looks mm -hmm. into it yep. for everyone yes, listening. Sir. It's like halfway. I think like if you go down his page a little while, you'll see the one. It's like a, a diamond, right? Like diamond shape. It's, it's called quadratus and it's a square. It's a big square purple amethyst cut by a stone cutter named Ryan Anderson. It's, yeah. It's, it's yellow gold and. You'll find it. Just look for, uh, yeah, a massive purple square stone. Uh, it's definitely a noticeable one. So if you just scroll through my page, you should be able to find it. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to like hear the the path of you getting into jewelry making. You know, like when you found jewelry making, did you know immediately you were going to be interested in it to this level? Did you know you were going to make it your life? What was the journey of that? I'd love to hear that. 
Yeah. Okay. Sorry. These am I? I keep having to push these earphones into my head. Is that annoying? Oh, you're Gucci, bro. You look handsome on okay, camera. Cool. Sorry for everyone listening. You can't see Bill on camera. I get to have that yeah, for myself. When, but when's when's the YouTube channel coming? Man? <laughs> Very soon. <laughs> I just looked at excellent, my sound guy. Excellent. We just looked at each other like soon. <laughs> so yeah, man. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, my journey into jewelry making. Well, I have always been a very creative individual from a young age, I guess, not, I guess my introduction to being creative was through skateboarding and snowboarding and just expressing myself in that way. I didn't really view it as a creative thing. I just did it for fun. Me and my friends would go to the skate park and have the best time ever and just, you know, be kids or whatever. But uh, so that's that's where it essentially started as far as being a creative person. From there, I was taking art classes in middle school and high school. I never really foresaw a career in art at that point. I was super into sculpting ceramics in high school. So that's just sculpting clay. And I really loved just going to art. Like art class was just a place to let loose and just chat with friends and create things. And there wasn't really too much intention outside of that. I wasn't trying to be super good. I definitely excelled in art, but yeah, at that point I still wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to like, maybe I can be a professional artist when I'm older, maybe it crossed my mind a little bit, but it was never really something at the forefront of my mind. I did take a jewelry class in high school, still didn't really pique my interest at that point. One thing that really I had my eyes set on originally in high school was making music. And I got massive into producing beats and Logic Pro 9, recording my friend's rap. Like that is like such a highlight of my high school career. And, and honestly, some of the best times I've ever had was just chilling in my mom's basement getting stoned. Sorry, mom. And uh, <laughs> making music and rapping with the homies. Yeah. We were also drinking alcohol. Yeah. Sorry again, mom. But uh, that's just right how it was. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, like that's just what we did. Like, and like I was getting super serious about it. I actually have some, I have like at least 10 to 15 tracks on SoundCloud and I have a couple of videos I recorded that are on YouTube. And so I did that from like 16 to 18. And I was like, I was getting pretty serious about it. There was also a lot of frustrations around it because it's just a super technical skill. There's a lot of technology involved, <laughs> ton of self-teaching. And I was, you know, I was having so much fun with it. And um, so I did, I, I thought I was like, okay, like this is, I'm getting serious about this. I foresee a future with this. Like I really love this. I was big into music festivals and live music events and all that. And at the time when I was in that, going to all these music events, I would see wire apps around. It's like, oh, that's cool. And also I was collecting glass because I was a huge stoner and I loved glass pipes and glass pendants. So glass pendants was kind of my introduction into jewelry as well as wire wraps. Mm. And that was like all kind of uh, intertwined into the counterculture of music festival scenes. So like music, art, specifically glass pendants and wire wraps, um, that was all within the music scene that I love so much and love being a part of. And then I had a friend, Todd Schmidt, who was wire wrapping and like he, he sparked my curiosity essentially around it. 
and just seeing them, I was kind of curious, but I never thought about doing it, but I was like, Oh, that's like a, a cool art form. Like, you know, I'd see them around people would talk about it. People would wear them. It was a cool little facet of, uh, the music festival scene and like the style that people had. So he was doing it for a while and I was watching him progress and, you know, we talked about it a little bit and eventually I just decided to go to Michael's and buy some pliers and some cheap wire. And I made one rap and uh, it was kind of shitty. It's actually, <laughs> it's not on my Instagram anymore, but that would be fun to like repost that at some point. It's yeah. just like a, I forgot what it was. It was like a square stone with like a really shittily done weave. There's like all these basic uh, techniques within wire wrapping. A weave is one of them. And yeah, that was my first wire wrap. And then the second one I made was pretty cool as well. Definitely like big jump compared to the first one. And then the third one I made was actually super badass. My friend Todd was like, dude, like, how did you do this? Like, what? And I was actually impressed with myself as well. And I think I sold that. I'm like, whoa, interesting. Like, I can make money doing this. And then, like, funny enough, like, music kind of started to fall to the wayside. Now, just, like, full force ahead started, like, wire wrapping, like, nonstop and, you know, exploring that artistically and just, yeah, going, going crazy with that. And eventually came to the point where I'd bring all these wire wraps to music festivals and just bring them, bring a case of rings and pendants around with me, show people, share my art with others and um, sell the wire wraps. And, you know, I wasn't making much money, but that wasn't really the point. Like it was just really fun for me to do that and be at the music festival, selling my art and connecting with people over that. So I did that for a while. And then I graduated high school and I ended up going to UWM, the local college around here. Did a semester there. I was not a fan of it at all. And they did have a jewelry program. And I was like, why would I want to go to a four-year school to do a mediocre jewelry program? And like, <laughs> have to do like all these math courses and like yeah. all these things I just didn't want to do. Funny enough, math is actually very important for a lot of jewelry things. So yeah. like I should have realized that then <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh so after the first semester i was like like not feeling good about going back like i did not like my roommate like we were completely opposite he tried to like do some really weird shit while i was in the room once and like i just felt really uncomfortable about it so oh okay so yeah so that happened and i was kind of set on not going back and then another integral part of my journey was I went to Electric Forest one year with my wire wraps. And at that point, uh, I had already decided I was going to go to another school. But the school I had my eyes set on was Revere Revere Academy of Jewelry Arts in San Francisco. And so I had my eyes set on that. I was at Electric Forest with my wire wraps. I hadn't enrolled or anything, but I came across another artist there named Nick Noyes, who was another wire wrap artist, but he had just gotten into fabrication and bench jewelry skills, which is like the next step. Uh, it's a more tech it's, it's uh, wire wrapping is jewelry, but um, the next step would be fabrication, wax carving and all these other things that bench jewelers do. Uh, it's just a more technical form of jewelry making. And I was like, yeah, man, like uh, I heard you went to a new approach school for jewelers, which was a uh, school he had went to and I'd heard of, but I was like, man, I'm going to San Francisco. Like it's going to be sick. I'm going to live in California for six months for Revere Academy of Jewelry, Revere Academy of Jewelry Arts. He was like, no, man, you should definitely check out new approach school for jewelers. And like, he kind of like sat down and talked to me for a while. And he was kind of someone I looked up to uh, as an artist that was uh, making a living off of selling jewelry 
within the community that we were working out of because when we are working within, I should say, because the stuff I make and he makes, it's kind of like in the festival scene and now it's expanded outside of that. Like how wire rap started, like only specifically in the music festival scene. So after that, I got home and I looked into the school and it's like, this looks awesome. Like it's a three month program, Nashville, Tennessee, didn't know shit about Nashville, but you know, I was just, uh, really, uh, inspired to go there after getting that information from Nick shout out Nick noise. Thank you, brother. Oh yeah. And from there I enrolled and like, I'm, I just feel very fortunate to have a mother that has just like always supported me in what I want to do. There was no like questioning whatsoever. It's just like, you want to do it, do it. Like not a single word about it. Like that is something that like very important to like who I am today. She allowed me to like, just be me and explore in my own way and figure out my own way and not interject, you know, her opinion on it. So thank you, mother. And (laughs) so from there, went to new approach, did their three month Ben Schuler program. And that was one of the best experiences of my life. Uh, Nashville is an amazing place. Great music scene, great people. I met some uh, really great people down there in the class, just a really great environment overall. Uh, such a great learning experience. Uh, so big shout out to New Approach School for Jewelers for giving me like the best foundational skills for building my skills into what they are today. Uh, Blaine Lewis and Drew Hadley were my instructors, and I still recommend people to that school to this day, just because I believe they have one of the best uh, schools in the world for that sort of thing. Uh, people would maybe have other opinions, but that's just what but their I opinions think. are wrong. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> they are wrong. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. It's like, sorry guys, we've all been wrong once in a while. All right. Get used to it. <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, so I finished there and then, um, for, and then I moved home, uh, and then just became a mad scientist in my mom's basement and just like worked all the time. You know, I got all the tools right away, was fortunate enough to have the resources to do that. And, and fortunate enough to have a mother that would just, like I said, just let me explore my own way and like believed in me and just like allowed me to just, you know, be on my own path. And yeah, I just, from there, uh, moving forward, uh, learned the ins and outs of creating jewelry, found my artistic vision, which is something that is constantly developing. But the time I took to just really just mess around with metal and gemstones and art and design, I attribute that to like where I am today, just dedicating so much time to that and spent a lot of time doing that and uh, eventually started my Instagram page and was still like touring festivals, selling my stuff. So yeah, I was at a point where I was touring music festivals. I wasn't really making enough to like make a living off of it. I was having fun still living at my mom's house and then, you know, just slowly building the business and slowly um, building my entrepreneurial skills, learning the ins and outs of social media marketing, doing my own photography, editing my own photos, uh, doing my own networking, you know, being a salesperson, uh, having to do my own bookkeeping, all these things, which I was like, yeah, mom, I'm going to start a business. She's like, don't you have to file tax? I'm like, no. And then obviously I realized I have to 
file taxes yeah. and have a legitimate business and be a legitimate business entity. They were mine. I thought I could forget, like really sell know? it. <laughs> exactly. They'll come get you. They'll yeah. find you eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, from there I just continued to build and build. And you know, it's slow it was like a snowball effect. It just uh continued to gain more traction, more notoriety around my brand, you know, lots of trials and tribulations with uh working with others and creating custom jewelry and just like figuring out my, my path in that way. And yeah. So let's see, this is, this is turned into a long story here. No, um, it's a beautiful story, man. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to reflect on it all. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a really cool journey to like, like figure out my way into like building this creation that I've had so many doubts along the way, like just with like, financial things like i always knew like i was onto something with my art and like just getting reflections from other artists and stuff but like for most of the time the money wasn't there to like like be like all right like this is gonna work so like there was a lot of doubts around like if this is gonna be something i can do as a living but really i just needed to be patient and uh, continue to be driven and adamant about like continuing building and just like as my portfolio built and I create more of these pieces, I create more engagement rings, custom pens and stuff like that. It's just like the more and more people start hitting you up. So at this point, I am at a point of like expanding and having some people work under me. Some of my friends work under me, just continuing to grow and learn and continuing to be on that path of having fun with it. And I'm like super grateful for the journey because it's taught me a lot about myself and I've met people all over the world and gained all sorts of friends through it. And it's just been, uh, it's definitely like made me a more mature person and a very disciplined person really. Cause that was like the key to getting to this point was just like being uh, deliberate with my practice and uh, making sure I'm, I'm heading towards that goal and not breaking free of that. But with that came you know, the other side of like, well, I'm working too much and I'm becoming miserable. So it's been like also an interesting journey of like finding the balance between like doing the things that fill my heart up outside of uh, my art and my work and uh, staying on path towards my purpose and mission and like making sure I'm actually happy and checking in with myself and I'm actually a healthy individual, you know? So yeah, it's been a really awesome journey and definitely grateful for all the lessons uh, that have come with it and grateful for all the people that have supported me. It's been a ride, (laughs) man. Thank you for taking us down that memory lane to explore with you and to look into like your path of getting to where you are today, you know, and I love asking that question because what I found for my own personal self, and you guys can chime in your listeners and tell me if I'm correct on this, but for my own journey, I've found that every time I see someone out there crushing it, it's like uh, it's like that famous question: "How did you become an overnight success?" It's like motherfucker, I wasn't an overnight <laughs> success. Should have seen the nights I was crying in my room. You know, it's like yep. and like 
So yeah. like, you know, a lot of times I will fall into that, right? Where I'll look at someone like you and I'll go, wow, man, this guy's just got this natural gift. It must have been easy for him. He just, the guy it comes naturally, right? It's a talent of his. When really what it is in most cases is grit, right? Even in the case of talent, yeah, you might be able to have talent at something, but if you don't have the grit to get through it, then talent's only going to take you so far. And so I love exploring these journeys with people because really it's, it's, evidence for myself and for everyone listening like listen if you find something that interests you a passion let's say right passion is not found it's built right you have an interest and then if you build upon it and you work hard and and you put love into it and you treat yourself good and you know you ask questions and you let your ego come down then you will have it become a passion and if you follow that passion you will end up at a master level of something right and that's like what I want everyone that's listening to this to understand is that, listen, if there's something right now that interests you, just start doing it today. Because in a year, in a month, you'll wish you started it today, let alone a year, right? And so, you know, for anyone who's out there who's getting inspired from this and is realizing that like, oh, yeah, my limitations are actually just what I put in my way. And what if I started arguing with my possibilities rather than my limitations? That's the most valuable lesson that anyone can get out of any interview with anyone, in my opinion, right? Is realizing like, listen, we're all just regular people. Like this podcast is something I procrastinated on for three years. And then I finally got it done. And now I look back and I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. You know, and it's made me like you were saying, it's made me become more mature, more disciplined. And it's allowed me to explore more of me and become more of who I'm meant to be. And it was great to hear that that this journey for you has done a very similar thing, right? It allows you to become the person yeah. you're meant to be, right? And yeah. one of the one of the things I love asking artists specifically, right? And by artists, I mean musicians, anyone who a creative, put it that way, a creative, is uh, flow state, right? The topic of flow states, and you know, a lot of people hear, you know, like, uh, oh, I was in the flow, you know. And what I'm really interested in is something I've been trying to figure out about the flow is, in my opinion, it's just experiencing timelessness, right? And it's brought about by full presence upon what you're doing in that moment. Do you experience this flow state, this timelessness when you're making jewelry? Yeah, I wouldn't say always, but <laughs> there are times. It's like when it go, it comes back to if I'm feeling like actually full and well in all other aspects of my life. And that like meets in that moment of time when I'm like creating a piece uh, there's, you know, there's certain tasks that can get like super tedious and then oh sometimes, Oh, my back hurts a little bit or like, Oh man, I've been sitting too long and like that'll catch up. But um, I definitely like, yeah, when I'm feeling good and I'm feeling good about life and myself and just feeling good up here and in my heart, and just all around feeling great and i'm working on something i love and i'm just yeah just feeling really good about it i yeah i would say there's like a like a meditative state like a a timeless state you can reach for sure for sure yeah i don't really know too much about flow state so i might not be the like i hear people talk about it all the time and um yeah it's interesting uh interesting to uh uh, reflect on like what gets me there and you know what things i can do to be there more often because it's interesting because like we talk about how time is relative like when you're in a flow state like the the day can fly by so i've definitely had those days where i'm like in the zone and i'm like feeling good and i'm having fun and then like the day is just like over in like a snap of a fingers yeah 
And, you know, it's interesting you brought that up. And uh, I love that you brought it up in that way, because for me, I kept hearing flow state and I kept putting it on this pedestal like, ooh, a flow state. I have to be a karate master or something to experience that. Right? <laughs> but then when I heard it more like, no, it's just experiencing timelessness, right? It's experiencing being fully present in the moment. I'm like, oh, shit, I experience that all the time. Right. And it didn't it wasn't always mm-hmm. that way. Uh, it was when I was a kid, of course. And then uh, as I got older. I became more and more focused on the future and the past, right? Anxiety, depression, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking ahead to, you know, uh, situations that may or may not ever present themselves. 99.999% of the time will never present itself. Right. Yet I'm still worrying about it for some reason. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the things that's helped me a lot is slowing down, right? And that opportunity to slow down in life, especially, you know, gr- living in Boston myself, I mean, living in America, period, right? Like, our our lives go faster. I remember when I went to Mexico, like, the the most amazing thing was just the pace of what they, at, at which they work, right? They're some of the hardest workers in the world that I've ever seen, yet they're all happy, right? Because, hey, let's take a break and have fun, right? Like, and everyone, mm-hmm. it's just an understanding that everyone, that everyone gets it, right? And, you know, it's really been curious for me because with flow states, with all of these things, it's been something that has been almost a goal of mine, right? An unwritten goal, because I knew that if I was experiencing something with full presence, then that was like the goal I was looking for. And I realized recently that I'm really getting close to that goal, right? Where almost my whole life mm-hmm. now is is timelessness, right? And uh, not my whole life. That's that's an exaggeration. But <laughs> a lot more of it than it was, put it that way. And enough to make me think it's my whole life now. You know, more than half of mm-hmm. my day is like, whoa, where'd the time go? Like, I was just so excited about, you know, writing your podcast out, uh, writing your intro, listening to a song with full presence, you know, eating a meal with full presence. And I'm curious, you know, knowing you're in self-development a lot and you do a lot of self-development work, you know, what has self-development presence, all of these things that you hear about a lot in the world, what has it opened up for you? You know, like being able to discover more of you, right? With your work, with, uh, with the time that you choose to be present for, what is that allowed to be opened up and available for you now? That's a really great question. Well, self-development and all the modalities around it, good sleep, good diet, doing the things that make us happy, I would say that to do all those things, it allows for a more authentic expression of what I want to put out in the world. Mm. Um, You could say when we're doing these things to make sure that we're healthy, it's just creating out of happiness and love versus like fear. Well, and the way I see it too, right? Like uh, something that you just said uh, brought this up in me is like if we are a channel, right, for the divine to express through, then when we self-develop, right, which is a charge term anyway, basically just means you're focusing on what can you do to make yourself a better you, right? Like that's how I define self-development because yeah, these days, yeah. I mean, it can mean a million different things. But if we are a yeah. channel, right, for, for the divine yeah, to express yeah. through – then the healthier we are, right, the more self-development, quote unquote, we do, then the better channel we can be, right? And like you were saying, like, it's a yep. better representation of what we're meant to create with the world, what our gifts are meant yes. to explore, you know? Yeah. So I love that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So like Paul says, we all have our our fingerprint and we are all unique individuals. There will never be another version of us 
So what self-development has done for me is allow me to tune in to who I actually am in my core and show that to the world instead of like unhealthy habits getting in the way and taking over space in my mind, taking me further away from that. So I can authentically express what my unique gifts are more clearly and cleanly with the tools that I have found through self-development. And I'd say that's like the main thing that uh, just exploring all these things that I can do to become more me have done as far as like what kind of message I want to put out there and what kind of art I want to create and just what kind of person I want to be as far as like the person behind the art. And yeah, it's just allowed me to hone in on what my actual gifts are and show that to the world like I was saying, like, if we're just eating garbage and not sleeping well, we're going to be fucking cranky (laughs) and we're not going to be thinking clearly. Yeah. And like, how can we like show the best version of ourselves and express that through our creation if we're, you know, not taking care of ourselves? Absolutely, man. You know, and that's been something that like if there was ever an argument for self-development, right? It's as simple as that for me. It's like, listen. We have this, you know, I hate to call it a meat suit, but let's just, it's kind of a funny <laughs> word, you know, we have this meat, meat suit. wagon. Yeah, meat wagon, essentially, that we get to experience life in. And the better care we take of us, the better we can have an experience of life, right? The more full the experience, right? And, you know, that's been the number one thing for me. And also self-development for me, it wasn't, it hasn't always been this way, right? There's definitely been times where I have allowed it to fall out of this, but in most cases, self-development is in some way, shape, or form showing yourself love, right? And what is the ultimate skill in the world? It's to be able to give and receive love, in my opinion, right? If you can give and receive love, then you can pretty much ensure that your battery is going to be charged so long as you're around the right people all the time. And if your battery is charged, you have more energy to go out there. You have more energy to create what, the, what your gifts you know, um, uh, make available to you. You have more ability to connect with people and infuse them with love. And I love that. One of the subjects that I wanted to talk to you about that's, you know, that's kind of uh, going more in the absence of love here, right? And it's kind of a, a term or an idea that, you know, artists never like to talk about. You know, it's kind of like the Voldemort of the artist world, but creative blocks, man. You know, creative blocks, mm. they happen, right? Mm. And, you know, they do. no artist enjoys having a creative block, right? And mm-hmm. I was curious, you know, from one artist to another, if you experience these and how you move through them, because this is something that I think anyone listening, no matter if you're working as a graphic designer, a, a like a jewelry artist, a stockbroker, et cetera, you have days where you wake up and you're just like, I'm not feeling it today, right? On those days... How do you move through that? Do you try to move into it and through it? Or do you just say, hey, you know what? Maybe today I'm meant to do something else. What's your process there? If I'm experiencing a creative block, I think I'm having an expectation of how the thing I'm doing should be. So I try to just release that expectation. And either I'm like, all right, I'm just going to like put this down and try something else. And like, why force it? Or literally, I'm just going to keep trying to i'm gonna try and push through it and that may sound counterproductive and like an unhealthy way of doing it but i've found like if it's as long as i release the expectation i'm not like putting myself through pain so if i'm like designing something it's not coming out i'm i'm like usually just like adding on little pieces does this look good oh no it doesn't look good that's fine oh does this look good oh it doesn't look good not fine i'm not beating myself up over it but eventually 
I'll find something within that, like, oh, this is great. And then I'll find that wave that I can keep riding forward. And then I'll find more inspiration. And then therefore the creative block is released. Otherwise, uh, yeah, another great thing from my experience would be to, yeah, just do something else. Call a friend. Yeah, stop making art or pick up another project. Yeah, just switch it up, switch it up, switch up the vibe, switch up the way you're thinking, uh, change the environment, really. Um, it really depends. I guess creative block could like mean so many different things. And like, especially for the individual, like the way we experience a creative block is like, you know, it's it's different for every single person. It's unique to the individual. But um, yeah, I'd say for me, uh, I've, I've always been really good at pushing through creative blocks and maybe that's a double-edged sword for me where like sometimes I push too hard and I end up like, you know, getting frustrated, but I always try to just be patient with myself and I always know that I'm going to move through it. Like I just always, I have confidence in myself that this, this will pass. If I just keep working and keep trying new things, keep tweaking things, eventually I'll see something within what I'm working on and be like, Oh, like I'll have like a light bulb light up and like I'm back on the creative wave and moving forward and like, I'm just flowing with it. So yeah, that's been my experience with creative blocks and like how I perceive them and, uh, some, uh, ways I've moved through them. And I love that man. And you know, it's interesting because I, for a long time did the same thing and like, like trying to push into them and, uh, push through them. And sometimes it's possible, right? Like there's times where I wake up and I'm just a little tired, you know, and I know like, uh, you know, maybe I don't really want to be doing this right now, but as soon as I get into it, then it will go. But I'm, I'm, I'm exactly like what you said, you know, where if I'm like, if I wake up and I have something to do, that's not like pressing, right? Like writing a podcast interview, like, okay, we're doing a podcast later. We got to get this done. But if it's something like, for instance, like I'm writing a new song on guitar, right? And it's something that's supposed to be fun, right? Like it's, that's why I'm doing it because it's fun for me pushing through like a real block where it's really just my body telling me, Hey, maybe you're tired. Maybe you had, you haven't eaten enough. Maybe like whatever, fill in the blank here. Those are the times where I really allow myself to say, all right, you know what? Maybe today's not the day. It's if it's not fun, then my inner child's not happy. Then maybe this isn't the right time to be doing this because I also don't want to, you know, pavlov myself into thinking that every time I see a guitar, it's like, oh God, now I have to force myself to play it. Right. Or something like that. Yeah. And so I really yeah, like, totally. that, I like that distinction you made there too, because I do think there are times where it's like, yeah, maybe there's something better you can do right now. Something that will be more in alignment, something that will feel better when you do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's another to, to very quickly jump back to self-development. That's another great reason why someone should want to do self-development because when you understand what true happiness feels like, when you understand what love feels like, when you understand and understand what these things feel like, then if something feels not like that, it feels like the absence of that, there's a good chance that maybe it's not in your highest, greatest good. Now, there are times where like you should jump into hustle mode, right? Like, you know, again, if you got a podcast or a project due, it's like, all right, no, I'm going to push through this, right? And it's great to have that gear. And it's also good to be able to take that gear away, right? Which is something that I only learned in the past couple of years, right? And I'm still integrating and uh it's uh it's a really awesome tool to have now being able to realize like yeah you know what i'm not going to push it today because then your passion stays a passion and not like simply a job or work you know yeah right yeah and i feel that yeah yeah and i'm curious you know like out of all the things we've talked about slash some other things that maybe we haven't talked about 
what is your favorite aspect of making jewelry? Like, what's the thing that really fills you up the most? Like, when you, you know, uh, create a piece or give it to someone, what's your what's your happiest bill moment? I really, really love just uh, taking care of the people I work with in every possible way I can and over-delivering and making sure that they just have the best experience working with me and feel, because they're, you know, spending harder and dollars with me like i want them to feel comfortable all the way through the process like from concept to design like i don't want them to feel any sort of pressure at all granted like there needs to be boundaries involved with like i want to create what i want like i'm not here to create what, what you want you definitely have some input like i'm definitely going to show a design of them if they don't like it like i'll redo it but mm-hmm. I've actually rarely had to do that. Like a lot of time they're just like, that is awesome. Like I'm totally with that. Other times there's like minor tweaks, but um, yeah, I think just um, making the people happy that I work with, like that's just a really great feeling for me um, making something that surpasses their expectations and making something that is extremely beautiful for them to enjoy and share with others. And I think you know, beautiful things. That's like seeing beautiful things and experiencing beautiful things. That's one of the coolest things about being alive. It helps us appreciate, see the beauty in the world and the universe. So like being a part, a small part of that and a small part of that person's experience with uh, feeling beauty and seeing beauty in the world and just uh, making sure they're taken care of all the way through the custom jewelry making process that's definitely my favorite part about what I do. And uh, it's interesting with the engagement rings, it's starting to evolve my process behind how I'm going about making these custom pieces for people. You know, engagement rings, they classically represent the devotion of the love and the, um, the, the commitment to each other. And like, you know, till death to us part, like obviously an engagement ring represents that, but I want to step further into that and I want to encapsulate the mutual vision, the vision and the values of the couple into the ring via symbolism and like what, you know, and I've been trying to kind of develop a questionnaire around drawing information out and different uh, symbols and uh, things along those lines to capture what that is, what is uniquely being created between the two people, because as you know, and I'm sure you've experienced with Rachel, like what is created, like that is like, that's so hard to put into words. Like, so like, how can I capture that, put it into the ring and have that be a reminder? Like every time you look at the, at the ring, it's like literally like a feeling and reminder of all that is created between the two people. So it's been cool to like watch my process evolve. And I found I feel much more purposeful, like stepping into creating more meaning in the pieces versus just like, oh yeah, like it's a shiny, beautiful thing that you have <laughs> on your finger. Like that's cool too. Like beautiful yeah. things are awesome. Like not taking away from that at all. Like that is also very important to be making it just epically beautiful, but to uh, have the meaning there too. So that is like definitely I force like I'm stepping into that but I foresee that being like my favorite part about it, like working with the couple to like draw out this information, capture that information and then use my skills to put it into the ring and into the piece and having it being like a, 
a piece of empowerment that they can look at and have it be a reminder of like who they are, what they're creating, what they're going for. And that's super exciting for me. And one of my favorite aspects of that as well. Yeah, that's really cool, man. And yeah, like being able to share in that moment with them, right? Again, we're all reflections of one another. So experiencing the love between a couple when they're getting engaged, experiencing the love when you look at a final product and you're about to give it to someone or and or the feeling when you give it to someone and you're like, hey, this is my take on what you said. And they're like, oh my God, I love that, right? And like just feeling that reciprocity and that mutual love, man, that's something so special. And, you know, it's interesting because with the podcast, right? That's like one of the ways in which I I never expected this to happen through the podcast. Um, I don't know if I was just like not thinking straight or whatever, but like when someone tells me, like hits me up and it's like, dude, I loved this episode with so-and-so, man, it warms my heart so much. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like that, mm-hmm. that, that game recognized game thing, you know, it's like just <laughs> so fun, man. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite things to do, I know since, you know, you've worked with me before, you know, this is vision casting, right? Like looking forward to see what you want to create out of the future, right? And so where do you see William Arthur going, you know, William Arthur Jewelry rather going uh, in 2021 and beyond? Like what's uh, what's some, you know, low level and high level goals you have? Okay. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. Yeah. Well, I got the new space. I got the new studio space. Congrats, by and, the way. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. The primary intentions with that is just to make the world a better place with art, have a blast doing it, bring my homies into that space so we can have fun every single day. And then we're going to be doing art shows there eventually, hopefully sooner than later. (laughs) And just to bring community together over the art and connect over it and just uh, create a space for people to check out what we're doing and i want to do workshops and teach more so that's a huge blessing to work with others that are passionate about the jewelry arts and share my passion with them and share that share love in that way i do want to do a podcast as well because and this is my first podcast oh so yeah for, dude. Uh, thanks for breaking that that barrier for me of course for i popped your or cherry bra- we're breaking right it together <laughs> yeah we, we popped the we yeah. popped the podcast chair 100 yeah. yep so that's on the horizon as well so long-form conversations around really whatever like i want it to be a mix of you know just people doing really awesome shit and people that have really cool stories like we all have something unique to share with the world and podcasts are a great medium to put that out there and we can all learn from each other. So I'm looking forward to connecting with people in that way. I have a vision for, this is not something I'm fully set on, but this crossed my mind the other day, actually, when I was working with Mark, cause we did a coaching call, mm-hmm. but he's like, one of the questions was, was, what do you see in 10 years for, what do you think when you hear the name, uh, William or Galactivated school of William Arthur jewelry or something like that? <laughs> I was like, Hmm, like, what do I think of when I think of that? And then I just, you know, started going down the rabbit hole of like what that could potentially be. And I was like thinking about like some stuff that you do and some other art schools, but like, it would be cool to like do something where it's like, all right, we have jewelry arts, but there's also like other artists that come in like painters and stuff. And we throw like big parties around art and community and do like different sorts of retreats and kind of like 
merge wellness in in there somehow in some sort of way and uh just kind of like have this epic one-of-a-kind creation that is art-based but also incorporates you know all other things life and just fun and celebration so that was an interesting thing that crossed my mind but for now just got the new studio space working on building that out and i just want to throw amazing art shows in milwaukee build community around that bring people together to have a good time uh check out cool stuff and uh yeah community is super important and something that i've lacked in the past and realized that uh was that was something that was negating for my health so like i want to be someone that is creating that for other people to have the opportunity to come to connect with like-minded individuals and yeah such a i feel like that's a cornerstone of wellness so to bring that to Milwaukee and to uh, do something positive for the community and just to continue uh, spreading positivity and, and just uh, happiness and just creating, creating uh, fun things and pushing my limits within it all and moving forward with it and making sure I'm happy healthy, happy, and whole through it all. So I can have the energy to do it and just want to keep moving forward. And as, yeah, just making, making sure I'm checking in with myself, spreading a positive message. And I think, uh, I think I feel pretty complete there. I was like, how do I wrap this up? I'm a little lost here. (laughs) So we'll leave it at that. (laughs) That's beautiful, man. And part of the reason I do that, you know, where I love asking is just because a lot of times we don't think about that. A lot of times I didn't think about that. Right. And, you know, I know that you've done a lot of work in this, so you think about it, but you know, it's, it's always nice for the listeners to be able to hear that and go, Oh yeah, it's fun division cast. Like, yeah, guys use some cannabis, Mm -hmm. right? If plant medicines are your thing, (laughs) use some psilocybin, whatever you're going to use. Don't worry. I have another podcast on psychedelics. Go check it out. But, uh, you know, go use your (laughs) stuff. Go get inspired and go like just think about what you want your life to look like in 10 years, right? Doesn't mean you can't change it the next day, right? Like that was one of my big things. You know, if if I make this, then oh my God, is it set in stone? No, of course not. You can go change it, right? But at least having a general direction of where you think you're going to go is so beneficial because then you at least know when you come into people, places, and things that are not in alignment with that vision, you can then make the decision and use discernment to go, is this more important than my dream? And every once in a while, you might find something that's like, ooh, I like that more than my dream. Okay, cool. Go make the revision and figure it out, right? But most of the time, Mm -hmm. for me anyway, there was a lot of distraction that I was playing into, you know? And once I got clear on my dreams, especially my one, five, and 10-year goals, uh, it became a lot easier to know, like, what is a distraction? And how much am I saying yes that I should be saying no, you know? And so I love that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Agreed. Thank you, man. And uh, dude, this was friggin' awesome, man. Uh, I would love to be able to drop all your stuff right now and uh, share share with people where to find you, how to work with you, uh, where to connect with you, where to learn from you, all of those things. Where can people find you, my man? The best place to reach out to me would just be on my Instagram, which is at William Arthur Jewelry on, on the gram. <laughs> the there gram. you can find my <laughs> the gram. <laughs> I love Instagram. Me too. So yeah, there. that's probably the primary platform that would be best to reach out. Uh, you got my website there and on my website, my email is there and yeah, holler at me. I don't care what you do. If you have a good heart, shoot me a message. I love connecting with people. So 
yeah. If you, if you listen to this, holler at me. I would love to hear from Hell you. If yeah. you're uh, like a, someone that discovered me through Ryan's podcast, yeah. I want to know. So. Hell yeah. And dude, <laughs> I have uh, one final question for you. If you're up for it, Bill Robertson. I'm here, dude. All right, cool. <laughs> if someone listening can only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Bill Robertson suggest that change be? Just do what you can to honestly be happy. Like always check in with yourself. That's like the number one thing for me. And the one thing I've realized is like, I've fallen into so many like rabbit holes with like thinking I was happy and doing the things to make me happy. But really I was just like building a false sense of wholeness really, you know, with chasing my own tail in that regard. So always check in with yourself to see if you're actually happy don't be afraid to just like put down work for the day. If you can, not everybody has an opportunity, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, just always check in with yourself. Happiness is the number one thing. Like if you're not happy, then you're not, you're not living. Like you need to check in with yourself and make sure you're, you're doing that to the best of your ability. I think that's super important. Hell yeah, man. I love that. So guys, ladies, as I stated in the intro, From the moment I first met Bill, I knew we had not met by chance. His ability to speak on topics ranging from self-development to creativity, spirituality, and more bonded us immediately, and he was so humble I had no idea how epic his jewelry was, as I mentioned, until a few months after we met. Bill is truly someone who infuses love into everything he does, and if you are looking for more love in your life or to share some love with someone that you love, then Bill is the perfect person to get into contact with, share your dreams with, and make that dream manifest into a beautiful piece of jewelry designed to be a constant reminder of what your heart looks like. Speaking of our hearts, doing this show allows me to spread my heart out to the world in a way I never thought was possible. And to see all of your reviews, hear all your feedback, and feel the love coming from all of you lights me up with a sense of spirit so pure I truly feel invincible. If there is anything I love more in the world that is inspiring people to take their power back, unlock their potential, and live life unstoppable. And by you continuing to share this show with those you love and leave your reviews on iTunes, we all have the opportunity to collaborate to make that dream a reality, which puts a smile on my face from ear to ear. My man, Bill, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well, much love over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today 
by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.